हेलो गाइस हेलो गाइस हेलो गाइस सो लास्ट टाइम वी सॉ दैट दिन थॉमस इज माइंड दैट शी हैज ट्रिगर्ड द एंडिंग यू नो समथिंग अबाउट इट यू रिमेंबर इट या वेल एनीवेज सो विल सी व्हाट एक्सैक्टली द एंडिंग इज आई एम रियली एक्साइटेड अबाउट चैप्टर थर्टी फोर you know because in this chapter everything changes yes like the whole time table of the glade changes whatever has happened so far like you know the doors are closing on time and the sun is setting and the sun is rising on time everything is happening time to time but now it's all gonna change let's start with chapter 34 i don't want to keep you waiting Thomas awoke to a weak, lifeless light. His first thought was that he must have gotten up earlier than usual, that dawn was still an hour away. But then he heard the shouts, and he looked up through the leafy canopy of branches. The sky was a dull slab of grey, not the natural pale light of morning. He jumped to his feet, pulled his hand on the wall to steady himself as he craned his neck to gawk toward the heavens. There was no blue, no black. No stars, no purplish pan of a creeping dawn. The sky, every last inch of it was slate grey, colourless and dead. He looked down at his watch. It was a full hour past his mandatory waking time. The brilliance of the sun should have awakened him, had done so easily since he had arrived at the glade, but not today. He glanced upward again. half expecting it to have changed back to normal but it was all grey not cloudy not twilight not the early minutes of dawn just grey the sun had disappeared thomas found most of the gladers standing near the entrance to the box pointing at the dead sky everyone talking at once based on the time breakfast should have already been served people should be working but there was something about the largest object in the solar system vanishing that tended to disrupt normal schedules i want you to appreciate this line just look at how amazing it is but there was something about the largest object in the solar system vanishing that tended to disrupt normal schedules it's so funny in truth As Thomas silently watched the commotion, he didn't feel nearly as panicked or frightened as his instincts told him he ought to be, and it surprised him that so many of the others looked like lost chicks thrown from the coop. It was, in fact, ridiculous. The sun obviously had not disappeared. That wasn't possible, though. That was what it seemed like. Signs of the ball of furious fire nowhere to be seen. the slanting shadows of morning absent but he and all the gladers were far too rational and intelligent to conclude such a thing no there had to be a scientifically acceptable reason for what they were witnessing and whatever it was the thomas had been told one thing the fact they could no longer see the sun probably meant they had never been able to see it in the first place the sun couldn't just disappear Their sky had to have been, and still was, fabricated, artificial. In other words, the sun that had shone down on these people for two years 
providing heat and life to everything, was not the sun at all. Somehow, it had been fake. Everything about this place was fake. Thomas didn't know what that meant. He didn't know how it was possible. But he knew it to be true. It was the only explanation his rational mind could accept. And it was obvious from the other players' reactions that none of them had figured this out until now. Chuck found him and a look of fear in the boy's face pinched Thomas's heart. What do you think happened? Chuck said, a pitiful tremor in his voice. His eyes glued to the sky. Thomas thought his neck must hurt something awfully. Looks like a big grey ceiling. Close enough you could almost touch it. Thomas followed Chuck's gaze and looked up. Yeah, makes you wonder about this place. For the second time in 24 hours, Chuck had nailed it. The sky did look like a ceiling. Like the ceiling of a massive room. Maybe something's broken, I mean. Maybe he'll be back. Chuck finally quit gawking and made eye contact with Thomas. Broken? What's that supposed to mean? Before Thomas could answer, a faint memory of last night, before he felt asleep, came to him. Teresa's words inside his mind. She had said, I just triggered the ending. It couldn't be a coincidence, could it? A sore rot crept into his belly. Whatever the explanation, whatever that had been in the sky, the real sun or not, it was gone. And that couldn't be a good thing. Thomas, Chuck asked, lightly tapping him on the upper arm. Yeah, Thomas's mind felt hazy. What did you mean by broken? Chuck repeated. Thomas felt like he needed time to think about it all. Oh. I don't know. Must be things about this place we obviously don't understand. But you can't just make the sun disappear from space. Plus, there's still enough light to see by, as faint as it is. Where's that coming from? Chuck's eyes widened, as if the darkest, deepest secret of the universe had just been revealed to him. Yeah, where is it coming from? What's going on, Thomas? Thomas reached out and squeezed the younger boy's shoulder. He felt awkward. No clue, Chuck. Not a clue, but I'm sure Newt and Albie will figure things out. Thomas, Minho was running up to them. Quit your leisure time with Chucky here and let's get going. We are already late. Thomas was stunned. For some reason, he had expected the weird sky to throw all normal plans out the window. You are still going out there? Chuck asked, clearly surprised as well. Thomas was glad the boy had asked the question for him. Of course we are, Shank, Minho said. Don't you have some stopping to do? He looked from Chuck to Thomas. If anything, gives us even more reason to get our butts out there. If the sun's really gone, won't be long before plants and animals drop dead too. I think the desperation level just went up a notch. The last statement struck Thomas deep down. Despite all his ideas, all the things he had pictured to Minho, he wasn't eager to change how things had been done for the last two years. A mixture of excitement and dread swept over him when he realized what Minho was saying. You mean we are going to stay out there overnight? Explore the walls a little more closely? Minho shook his head. No, not yet. Maybe soon, though. He looked up toward the sky. Man, what a way to wake up. Come on, let's go. Thomas was quiet as he and Minho got their things ready and ate a lightning-fast breakfast. His thoughts were churning too much about the grey sky and what Teresa, at least he thought it had been the girl, had told him in his mind. 
to participate in any conversation. What had she meant by the ending? Thomas couldn't knock the feeling that he should tell somebody. Everybody. But he didn't know what it meant and he didn't want them to know he had a girl's voice in his head. They would think he had really gone bonkers, maybe even lock him up and for good this time. After a lot of deliberation, he decided to keep his mouth shut and went running with Minho for his second day of training, below bleak and colourless sky. They saw the griever before they had even made it to the door leading from section 8 to section 1. Minho was just a few feet ahead of Thomas. He had just rounded a corner to the right when he slammed to a stop his feet almost skidding out from under him. He jumped back and grabbed Thomas by the shirt, pushing him against the wall. Shh, Minho whispered. There's a freaking griever up there. Thomas widened his eyes in question. Felt his heart pick up the pace even though it had already been pumping hard and steady. Minho simply nodded, then put his finger to his lips. He let go of Thomas's shirt and took a step back, then crept up to the corner around which he had seen the griever. Very slowly, he leaned forward to take a peek. Thomas wanted to scream at him to be careful. Minho's head choked back and he turned to face Thomas. His voice was still a whisper. It's just sitting up there, almost like the dead one we saw. What do we do? Thomas asked as quietly as possible. He tried to ignore the panic glaring inside him. No, idiot. I just told you it was sitting there. Well? Thomas raised his hands to his sides in frustration. What do we do? Standing so close to Griever seemed like a really bad idea. Minho paused a few seconds, thinking before he spoke. We have to go that way to get to our station. Let's just watch it a while. If it comes after us, we'll run back to the grave. He took another peek, then quickly looked over his shoulder. Crap! It's gone! Come on! Minho didn't wait for a response didn't see the look of horror Thomas had just felt wide in his own eyes. Minho took off running in the direction where he had seen the griever. Though his instincts told him not to, Thomas followed. He sprinted down the long corridor after Minho, turned left, then right. At every turn, they slowed so the keeper could look around the corner first. Each time he whispered back to Thomas that he had seen the tail end of the griever disappearing around the next turn. This went on for ten minutes until they came to the long hallway that ended at the cliff where beyond lay nothing but the lifeless sky. The griever was charging toward that sky. Minho stopped so abruptly, Thomas almost ran him away and Thomas stared in shock as up ahead, the griever dug in with its spikes and spun forward right up to the cliff's edge and off into the grey abyss. The creature disappeared from sight, a shadow swallowed by more shadow. Ta-da! That's all for today. You know, you should probably think about what the ending is and will the sun ever rise in the glade. Anyways, I'll see you next Sunday without fail, only on the Mesuna podcast. Mm-hmm.